The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, let me talk to you about Draft. Draft Draft.com, Draft in your app store. It is a great way to play fantasy sports. You can do snake-style drafts in under five minutes. They've introduced auction drafts, tons and tons of fun, and you get paid out as early as the next day. They have NFL, NBA, NHL, PGA. They have it all going on right now. And when you use promo code SDSPORTS at checkout, you get entry into a free $3 tournament of your choice. So go check out Draft.com, Draft in your app store, promo code SDSPORTS. Also, the QuantEdge.com, great guys, great stuff, great tools, all the stuff you need to help cash. And NFL DFS, MMA DFS, they have NBA DFS, and they're going to keep adding more and more products over there at the QuantEdge.com. Right now, if you want the rest of their NFL package, they've lowered the price to $59.99 for the rest of the NFL season. You get the lineup optimizer, the injury tool, the head-to-head tools, the chats, the articles, everything you need over there. You listen to the two-point conversion NFL DFS pod. You listen to Bench with Bubba. Then you go over to thequantage.com, use the lineup optimizer, use the tools, and you cash. And when you use promo code BENCHED, B-E-N, C-H-E-D, you get $10 off the rest of the season, so it's $49.99 for Bench with Bubble listeners. So go to thequantedge.com, get the rest of the NFL DFS season package, use promo code BENCHED, and you get it for $49.99. Last but not least, if you can give us a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much appreciate it. It'd really help uh, this podcast get to a larger audience and grow and become bigger and better and allow me to do more stuff for you guys. With that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 130 Talking some fantasy football week 10 action. Looking ahead to week 11 with Chris Meany. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode 130. Going to recap the Week 10 fantasy football action with a look ahead to the Week 11 action as well. In order to do so, a special guest tonight, we can find him on Twitter, at Chris Meany. Chris, how are we doing, man? 
Doing good, man. Uh, thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. I know we've been trying to hook up here over the past few weeks, so it's it's nice to finally be able to chat to you, man. Yeah, definitely has. Uh, it's good to work out, and there's there's a reason we've been trying to, and it's been taking some time. Why don't you let everybody know what you have going on because they can pretty much find you anywhere. <laughs> We're doing some stuff over, of course, on fan tracks. Uh, a couple, you know, for those who are into fantasy hockey, we're doing some doing a show over there with Neil Parker, um, and also a football show by any means necessary. So, kind of touching base on all the sports over there. And then, uh, fortunate enough to just join the Athletic recently, so doing a lot of fantasy hockey and fantasy basketball articles over there. And of course, for those who are into DFS, daily fantasy sports, I've been with the footballers now for the past couple of years. So, I mean, the podcast is free. We do it every Thursday night. It'll it'll launch on Friday, and that's a free listen. And then for those who want to dive deeper into you know some of the numbers, if you are if you are a DFS player, hopefully fortunate enough that you're still alive in your fantasy football season long leagues. But if you're not, we'll we'll take care of you over there as well with the Ultimate DFS Pass. Awesome, that is great. And then um, one last question: Are you? What's your role with those clowns over there at All In Sports? I I say clowns nicely because <laughs> Joey P and I are buddies, and uh, I don't know the rest of the crew as much, but I love Joey P. So I know you do some stuff, stuff with them. Yeah. You know, J- Joey will probably be all over me for not plugging that right away. I kind of slipped my mind. We've already done a show this morning. I was up doing it, uh, you know, earlier this morning. So yes, uh, my bad Joe, uh, jokes aside, Jake Seeley will be, uh, bummed more than Joe will be. Um, but yeah, doing a show with those two guys, you know, we've, we've worked together before in the past. We had a live radio show, uh, before at fantasy sports network. So we've teamed up together to do, to do another show show um uh, there's some free content but uh for those who want to pitch you know five bucks ten bucks fifteen bucks uh here and there uh patreon so uh it, it, it's a show every three days a week monday morning wednesday morning and then friday will be unsealed so we'll kick sealy off to the side and it'll be joe and i uh just talking sports so it's usually a good time on friday <laughs> Can't believe Jake actually allows you guys to do that. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it um, really is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, everybody, I, I want to let them plug it away because there's a ton of great stuff there. Uh, all sports. I believe you do the black book. You do everything. So go check it all out uh, and, and give Chris a follow. For some reason, you're following me and not him. I don't know why, but uh, go check it all out. <laughs> uh, let's get into this week 10 actions. As you know, each week you, you watch a set of games and it's kind of like, well, this happened, this happened. And then you let it kind of sit for a day or two and then you go back through and go, okay, this stood out a lot more. That's kind of what I was doing yesterday. And we'll start off with the Chicago Bears where, you know, week in and week out, we, we come into the season thinking this is going to be this electric offense. And then some weeks it is, some weeks it isn't. Well, Mitchell Trubisky just was a QB1 for the second time already this year. He was just to name the offensive player of the week. Like, how good is Mitchell Trubisky? Is it just kind of a system thing? I, I think it's it's definitely a system thing from fantasy standpoint. He's real good, right? I mean, it's it's kind of the same reasons why we like Cam Newton. He's second in the league in, in rushing, and obviously there's an added element there. I mean, if you, if you just look at his statistics overall and just kind of compare him up to Cam, he's got more touchdowns. He's got more passing yards. He's just behind him in rushing yards and one fewer rushing touchdown. I, when you watch him play, I, I think there's there's definitely some some holes in his games he, game. He's not very accurate. That'll come, right? This is his second season. I look at last year and John Fox. Who did? Who is he passing the ball to? There was games where Benny Cunningham was was leading that team in targets. I mean, there wasn't a lot. Tariq Cohen, who's a rookie, was second on that team in catches. Now he's a phenomenal player. All of a sudden, you bring in Matt Nagy and, and you bring in some weapons in Allen Robinson. You draft Anthony Miller. You bring in a gadget player in Taylor Gabriel. You have two running backs who can play as much as Jordan Howard has bugged some people this season. 
and the offensive line is good. So I, I think he's he's a solid quarterback. I, like I said, there's going to be some some growing pains with him watching him play. He's missed some guys. We I, you saw it. We all saw the play. I think it was week one against Green Bay where Trey Burton's mm-hmm. up and we're like, hello, I'm wide open in the end zone. Come find me. So there's going to be some of that. But um, I think the true test will be over these next few weeks, right? I mean, he's going to play Minnesota this week, which is he's going to have twice, two games against Minnesota. He's got the Rams. He's got Green Bay. So that'll be a true test for him to to be able to, you know, keep up, see if his offense can keep up. But I think you nailed it where it's more of a system. It's a good system, and, and Nagy is playing to his strengths. Yeah, it seems as they've kind of, like I said, it started out really slow, and people were run, wondering if this is actually going to happen. And then as the weeks have gone on, especially in the really good matchups, they, they've flourished Big time. And you mentioned bringing in weapons like Taylor Gabriel and drafting Anthony Miller. We know Allen Robinson's going to get his. You got Trey Burton. He's going to get his. Now, but you got these other two who have had big weeks from time to time, but it's usually when someone's hurt. Now that everyone for now is healthy, which one of those two would you rather have going forward? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you're right. Uh, you know, some of these guys have had big weeks, but uh, they all haven't been really healthy at the same time. Even Miller. Miller was hurt earlier on in the season and missed a couple games. So I, I think Gabriel is just he's just a gadget player. Like I said, he's a DFS guy. He's a, he's a deeper person that you can put in your lineup now he's had good games and if you look at all of them as a whole they're kind of right on the same par in terms of targets and catches and yards but I think I'd give a little bit more upside to to Miller I think he is he's more of a red zone threat we've seen that before he's getting some red zone targets from Trubisky I think he's a really good football player and we haven't even seen uh, yet what he can do and he's finding the end zone over the past couple weeks so I have more trust in Anthony Miller I think Allen Robinson you have him you roll him out even if like I didn't feel great about him last week coming off an injury in a tough matchup and he balled out so Robinson is obviously a great player he's got you know what a season with 14 touchdowns 1400 yards he he has that on his resume already so you trust him with confidence and and I think Miller would be the guy that I'd go to next okay let's go to the Detroit Lions side of that game uh carry on Johnson when Theo Riddick was out was getting the workload as you'd expect now Theo's back and carry on still getting it they kind of phase LeGarrette out but Theoretics is getting the, the pass catching duties, as you kind of expect. How do you approach these two going the rest of the way? Yeah, I think, you know, carry on. It was nice to see him. Well, first they went to Blunt twice, right, in yeah, the red zone, and, and he failed. But maybe, you know, they'll turn the page here and go to carry on and, and look to the future a little bit. Karen had a few catches in the backfield. I thought that was really positive. Uh, for Theoretic, you know, that's that's two games in a row now where he's led the Lions in catches. And I think he, you know, you can look overall, he's the he's the guy that's going to benefit the most from the Golden Tate injuries. So for Theo Riddick, hard to trust in standard leagues, but overall averaging six targets per game, five catches per game. He's only played seven. So he's a, he's a solid, not only just DFS flyer that you can play. I think he's been under 4K on DK over the past couple of weeks, but somebody that you can play in a PPR format in a flex spot. And I'm not feeling this Detroit team right now. I, 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 I don't like their defense. They can't stop the run. And, you know, I don't know about Marvin Jones. I haven't heard much about him, if he's going to be able to play or not. But I saw Theo last week play some slot. And he could line up wide. So if Detroit's going to play from behind a lot, this is somebody who's going to continue to get a lot of targets and a lot of catches. So you roll out Johnson, obviously blunt is nothing to you, uh, but Theo Riddick is, he's a, he's a borderline. Maybe RB two is a little bit of a stretch, but I think he's a flex guy in a PPR format. Somebody who can rack up a few catches for you. Yeah, I agree. When um, they traded Tate, you kind of knew there was an opening there. Cause they really never filled that with the wide receiver. And so when Theo came back, it made a ton of sense. He's got that little 
I'm not going to say he's Duke Johnson, and we'll get to Duke later, but he's got that ability to kind of play out of the backfield like that. We've seen it recently, so something to keep an eye on there. We'll go to another uh, very talented running back, Alvin Kamara, who tore up the NFL the first four weeks when Ingram was out, then everyone got worried, and then Ingram comes back and has his big game. But since then, Kamara's been Kamara. Let's just be honest about it. Should we put all the um, the, the worries behind, or is this still going to be kind of certain weeks where you're going to be like, what just happened? Yeah, it's it's going to be really hard to figure out Mark Ingram. We know that he is he's a talented running back. He he's finished borderline RB one, if not RB, I think he was RB one last year, and the year before that he was really close uh, to RB one. Kamara is, is is amazing, and and let's be honest, you nailed it. You know they're going to want to give him the ball, and and the offense is going to want to run through him. But if you look at the schedule, uh, there's going to be some competitive games with Ingram, but. You know, if you look at maybe week 14 against Tampa Bay, maybe that's an Ingram game. Maybe that's a game where the Saints have their way, score a bunch of points, and, and they lean on Mark Ingram. Because besides that one game where he came back against Washington, it's been 13 or fewer carries. So he's he's not getting the 15 to 20 carries, and he's not going to get that. So it's it's going to be really tough to, to roll out Ingram. I didn't want to play him in, in one of my leagues last year, last week, and it burned me. And it, that was a situation where, hey, he still only had 13 carries. The team was up 40 points. Maybe they lean on him a little bit more in the second half. This week against Philadelphia, maybe this is more of a Camara game and he catches a few balls of the backfield because the Eagles the struggling against backs who can catch. And Ingram can do that too. So it really is a tough situation. It's, it's Just thinking about it right now, it's like where do you where do you rank Ingram going forward? He's borderline RB2, but Camara is, is certainly the guy. Man, he has – what has he had, like one bad game in the NFL? Like Pretty so far, much. it's it's yeah. crazy how good he is and how efficient. And keep I keep saying to myself, the efficiency is gonna it's gonna decline. He can't be this good every single week, but uh, maybe he can because he's got a hell of a quarterback and great rep, great weapons surrounding. So uh, again, Ingram is is one of those guys. I think you just play and hope that he can find the end zone for you. Yeah, and that's why I, I wanted to bring it up because it's like Kamara is so good and then Ingram goes and has a game like last week. They both flourished. We saw that so many times last year where they were both running back ones in games so often. And yeah. this this Saints team looks to be so like really legit. Oh, okay. Going into Cincinnati and doing what they did, yes, they were the better team, but to beat them down like that was impressive. Um, so I, that's why I wanted to ask you because – it's, it's a question that many people are, are contemplating. What do I do with Ingram? And Mike, like you say, you just play him as a running back too and you go. I think it's one of those, like you said, you got burned last week. It's almost like you either got to just play him every week and cross your fingers or you're just going to sit him on the bench and just don't look at what happens. Yeah, it's like the, you can't, you can't pick, pick your poison type thing. No, you're right. And just the offense is so good. One of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. I mean, they're going to have their way with the Eagles this week as well. And you saw what Zeke was able to do on them. And maybe this Eagles run defense isn't as good as what people think. I mean, they're in the bottom 10 now, according to Football Outsiders, when you're looking at rush DVOA. So uh, they're a team that's really struggled to tackle. And, you know, maybe, you know, Ingram is maybe this is another week for him. It's quite possible. If you have them, I think you've got to play them. All right, sticking with the Saints real quick. You know, this time last week, everyone was des, 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 and then that lasted about 48 hours, unfortunately. So then they go and they get Brandon Marshall, which in a way is another des. Um, how do we look at the Brandon Marshall situation? Because, you know, everybody wanted des, but you're, you, you got your fingers on the pulse. It's a lot quieter for Brandon Marshall. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm not. I'm not crazy about Brennan Marshall. Obviously, you know, with 
Ted Ginn's on IR. Cam Meredith hasn't worked out. He's on IR. They needed somebody. They want somebody maybe just to take some attention away from Michael Thomas. I don't know if Brandon Marshall is that guy. You know, he has surpri- he did surprise me early on in the season in Seattle. I think he's just more of a red zone threat. And I think that's what, you know, Des was going to bring to the table too. And it is unfortunate about Des. I was, I was looking forward to him in that offense. You know, for the first time in his career, he wasn't going to have to face top coverage. And, and certainly Brandon Marshall's not going to get that either. But, you know, at best, what is he, third, fourth option? I mean, I know Traquan Smith has been disappointing, but he's still going to be a factor in that offense. And Ben Watson is even a factor, especially when they get in the red zone. Then we just, you know, we're touching on Ingram and Kamara, who are both red zone options too. Look at last year, Drew Brees is one of the fewest pass attempts in the red zone of all, like his whole career. And that's because they have two backs who can carry it in. So, you know, Marshall, for me, like he's, it's going to be, I'd have to be in a 16, 18 team league for, to even play him. Um, but, you know, he could surprise me with a couple touchdowns. He just doesn't seem like a volume guy in a standard format, maybe more appeal, but, um, you know, kind of surprised they went this way, but certainly they, they want to have somebody else in that offense. You, you look at what they did against the Rams. Like they were able to keep pace and score some points, but they're looking at that matchup later on down the road as, Hey, you guys got a ton of weapons, we're going to have to have a ton of weapons, too, to keep pace in the shootout. So, um, you know, pick up Marshall if you want, but let's wait it out and see before you get him in your lineups. No doubt. Um, Tyler Boyd for the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, for us DFS players, he was a valued darling for so many weeks. And now when A.J. Green went went out, I was I was worried that they're going to move him around and it's not going to be the same. Um, what's your what's your thoughts on your, your level of concern with Tyler Boyd? And then, you know, John Ross came, came in, got his touchdown, and he's going to pretty much – be this the, the, another another guy out there week to week. Yeah, I I'm with you, man. I have concerns, and you know what? A lot of people didn't have concerns. I was seeing Boyd as oh, he's a, he's a top ten wide receiver this week for sure against the Saints, and you take away nine point five targets per game out of AJ, and you and you look around and you say, okay, obviously maybe a little bit of a bump for Boyd and CJ Uzuma who didn't really do anything again last week, and then and then Ross who you alluded to found the end zone. That's it. Like other than that, yeah. he didn't do anything, and he hasn't done anything all year. So I have some concerns. Boyd's been so good in the slot, but with AJ and all the the attention going to him, all of a sudden it goes to Boyd. Like if you're attacking the Cincinnati Bengals, you're you're game planning for Tyler Boyd, and you're and you're putting maybe it's double coverage. So I, I'm slight concern. I think it's overall it's a downgrade for his outlook not having AJ on the field, and I really don't have any interest in in John Ross either. I I know it was his first game back coming back from an injury, but that was a really good matchup for him. The Saints said they had allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers. Like they didn't even really take any shots downfield from him. And I think he's just like, that's all he is. Like he's just, let's run a straight line fast and and get him the ball. So this whole offense takes a bit of a, you know, I, I downgrade them slightly because AJ's gone. So I, Tyler Boyd wide receiver two, but I don't, I, I think we can pump the brakes on him being a sure bet wide receiver one. Would you rather have Tyler Boyd or Doug Baldwin rest of the way? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one, Baldwin. I just saw him drop <laughs> this morning in one of my leagues. I was, yep. I'm pretty surprised about that. I think I would rather have Doug Baldwin. <laughs> wow. Um, that's really close. That That is really close. I think the volume and the looks will go to, will go to Tyler Boyd. Um, but I'm still not completely out on Doug Baldwin. I know I watched that game. Seattle's run the ball a ton, and I think Lockett is Russell Wilson's favorite guy. But uh, every time I count out Doug Baldwin this time of the year, uh, you know, that seems to be a mistake. So I slightly lean Baldwin, but um, yeah, that's a tough one, man. 
Yeah, I can't. What about you? Boy, yeah, boy. I would, I would, I would, I can't quit him. I just can't. Um, I don't know what it is. I think, like, boy, like you said, the volume there, but the the surrounding weapons scares me a lot more. Oh, Seattle isn't scary. You got, you know, Lockett and then what else, really? But Baldwin still shows you, you know, every third game, he gets a handful of targets and he, and he does something with them. Or Boyd, I'm really concerned about the, this move here, trying to get, you know, some, all that all game long. Because it's new to him, right? It's it's we'll this year. It was yep. earlier in the year. He was in the slot and let he looked comfortable there, and he's not getting that attention. And now it's it's a new game, man. You move him around, like you said, and and now all of a sudden he's facing top coverage. He's never done that before. Yeah, and absolutely, North is not going to help either. So. So yeah, that goes. Let's talk about the Cleveland FC. Johnson has been so great for a couple weeks seeing him back. Last week he got in the end zone. It wasn't as dominating a week as it was the week before, but it still seems like Baker likes him. It's going to be happening. Are we back to how a lot of people were to start the year in a PPR format? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, the, obviously the coaching change definitely helped. They, they they had completely forgotten that they had Duke Johnson. I understand they had Carlos Hyde and and a rookie in Chubb, but the, Duke Johnson, somebody who's finished in the top five in receiving yards, and uh, he's he's been a, just a, a monster through the air. And, and for PPR formats, he's almost forgotten about. But now, over the past couple weeks, I was actually at that game in Cleveland against Kansas City, where he was a huge factor. He had the nine catches, nine targets. Now, that was a game where they played from behind. And this week, I expected a little bit more work. You know, Atlanta struggles against running backs who can catch. Last year, the most given up, uh, the most catches given up to backs this year, the exact same thing. But that was a game where game script kind of just favored Chubb a little bit. Now, Chubb's been getting the work and getting the volume, even with Duke Johnson catching some balls. He still finished in the top 10 in, in touches last week and the week before. So, Duke Johnson, I think you'll have to go forward and look at game script. You look at the schedule, Cincinnati, Houston, Carolina, Denver. There, there's some games in there where they could be trailing uh, potentially, but I think for Duke, just you know, the fact that they've made that change and it's clear, like you said, Baker wants to get him the ball. So um, I think you can feel good about Duke in PPR formats, but certainly Chubb is he's not going anywhere in standard formats. He's going to be the guy. I mean, I can you can bank I think on 18 to 20 touches every single week going forward for him now, unless. Like I said, they get behind by you know twenty or thirty. Then it's then it's just a lot of Duke. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Chubb's been dominating. I saw somewhere he's getting around forty four percent of the offensive touches since he's been put in the role. So pretty solid stuff there. Same team, messy, messy situation. Jarvis Landry basically doesn't exist right now for the most part. What are you doing with a guy like Jarvis Landry? Yeah, Landry's been been really frustrating again. I go back to that game. I was with a buddy who has a lot of Landry, and he's like, "Where is Landry? Like, they're not even throwing him the ball." And then you look, and it's like, okay, it's six catches for seven. You had seven targets, six catches, fifty yards. Maybe that's okay, but you go look at the matchups that he: Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Atlanta. Like, those are all prime time matchups where he only had one good game, and that was against the Bucks. So. I, overall, he's still leading the league in targets. He still has 106 targets, but he's only caught 57 balls. And and Baker Mayfield has, you know, he's coming off a really good game, but overall he's had some turnovers. He's been very inaccurate. Uh, part of that is on the line. He's had to get the ball out quickly. But um, I think you're just kind of stuck with Landry. Like trade deadline has already passed. Um, obviously the bye week here. Um, but 
I think if you have him, you know, there's probably not a lot of options, other options that you have. You know, if you do, you're in a good spot. But overall, volume, we can't ignore that. So it's very frustrating to see him lead the league in targets and really only catching half of them and, you know, only two touchdowns. He was so much in the red zone last year with Miami. No, that was an outlier season with all those touchdowns. But uh, he was uh, he was the number one option in the red zone, and and that's just not the case when Cleveland gets down there. Now they have Chubb, they got Njoku. Uh, it, it, it's pretty frustrating, but I mean, I wouldn't drop him. Landry's been actually dropped. Like I was looking today, man, and and he's you know one of the most dropped wide receivers, wow. top tier wide receivers. That is that's been getting dropped. Like his ownership uh, has declined. Certainly in Yahoo, it did. I wouldn't do. I wouldn't go that way. I know he's on a buy. But again, I, I can't ignore volume. I think you're just kind of stuck and you just hope that some of those targets turn into catches because it's been pretty bad so far. Yeah, if that, if that happened in your league, go pick him up, please. For like, sure. Like, you just It's, it's going to be better than most other options out there. Um, this is maybe not as much fantasy relevant, but just kind of football relevant. The Tennessee Titans, they go and beat down the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. They beat down the Patriots, which, you know, always makes me happy. Um <laughs> Are they for real? Like, are they finally clicking all of a sudden? What is going on with them? Yeah, really surprised. Kind of counted them out. Um, I was yeah. I was really surprised with the, with the Dallas game. Not that I think the Cowboys are, are phenomenal, but Marcus Mariota, you know, he hadn't had any good games. So maybe he's just healthy now. He was dealing with an elbow, an arm injury earlier on in the year. We saw a little bit of Blaine Gabbert. So maybe he's just, maybe he's healthy now. But, you know, what is for real, I think, is their defense. You look at their defense overall, they've allowed the sixth fewest yards per game. Um, the six fewest passing yards per game. They're strong against the run, the 10th fewest rushing yards per game, and overall, the fewest points per game allowed, 16.8. So I think their defense is certainly legit. They can stop the run. They can get pressure on the quarterback. That's exactly what we saw against Tom Brady and, and the Patriots last week, and that's kind of how you beat them. you got to get pressure on Brady. Now, they have a lot of old ex-New England guys on their side. Uh, maybe that obviously helped them out a little bit in that game, but um, going forward here, this division is certainly up for grabs. They got a, a definite winnable matchup this week against the Colts. So I'd like to see, I'd like to see more from Derrick Henry. I don't know if that's possible, and it's really tough to roll him out. It seems like every time he gets on the field, they, everyone knows it's just going to be a run play. Uh, and it's really like we're talking about game script before with with Chubb. And when are you ever going to feel like ten, that Tennessee is going to have a huge lead in a game and lean on? Henry, it's just not going to happen. Like, Deion Lewis is that back. But at the same time, you look at the, all their offensive numbers and they're near the bottom and everything. So I don't think that they're for real, but I think their defense is certainly legit and it's keeping them in ball games. So going forward here, you know, another win this week against the Colts, we could look at them a little bit differently. But I don't know how you feel about their offense, but yeah. I mean, they don't have a lot of options there, right? They lose Delaney Walker. Yeah. I mean, people are talking about Smith. Like, yeah, he's got a touchdown, a couple touchdowns in back-to-back games. But... I mean, if you take away Corey Davis, yep. who are you throwing the ball to? There's not a lot of options yeah. there. That's the mess. Like, I'm in a, a, a super flex league, and I took Mariota at the beginning of the year thinking, okay, this is going to be a much better season. Yeah, no, that's it's hurt. It's hurt a lot. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it, it has not been ideal, Eric, when you when you waited on, on your second quarterback. That did not turn out well for me. But, uh, yeah, outside of Corey Davis, you know, I like Deion Lewis quite a bit, but he's inconsistent because, like you said, all of a sudden, like last week when it should have been a smash spot for him, you got Derrick Henry getting two rushing touchdowns. So it's like, I don't – you just don't know how it's going to work. But the weapons are are, are ugly, really ugly. And um, 
like you well, said, I guess if the deep, defense keeps them in, it, that's good. Yeah, well, I mean, look at Lewis. I mean, I'm looking right now overall, like Corey Davis, 76 targets, 43 catches. Who's second on that team? Deion Lewis. And yep. he's got 39 targets. Not even ha- like yep. it's almost half. And then he's second on the team and catches 35. Then we've got Taylor 21, Sharp 20, 17. Like they they need they need something. Delaney Walker injury obviously really hurt, mm-hmm. and that's the you know him and Marcus Mariota. They've been on the same page mm-hmm. now for the past three years. So that injury it, it's tough, and they didn't really replace anybody. They didn't bring any any weapons in. So. Uh, not completely sold in their offense, but I think you're, you're right. Their defense is going to keep them in games. All right, let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Leonard Fournette was back. I mentioned on DFS last week that I think they finally realized they need to wait till he's healthy. So when he came back, it was Leonard Fournette time, um, and he he looked great. He looked really, really good. You know, he didn't rush for 100 yards or anything, but he was catching the ball a lot. He found the end zone a few times. A, a lot to like there. Do we – are we all back in on Leonard Fournette? Are we still worried about his injury? I think you. I think you have to have that in the back of your mind. You got to be worried about it. It goes all the way back to his LSU days, uh, where you know he's just been banged up, you know, a lot of his career. But it, it's very encouraging to see. Obviously, twenty-four carries, twenty-nine touches, led all backs uh, last week. So that's very encouraging. This is a team that wants to run the football. It's no surprise nobody ran the football more than Jacksonville last year, and they upgraded with their line in the offseason. So, you know, trade deadline's probably passed. If it hasn't, I would I would honestly consider selling high just because of that risk. But you're right. I mean, they held him out. We we don't see this too often with, with running backs. We saw, I mean, Delvin Cook come back earlier than maybe they wanted to in Minnesota, and then he suffers the setback. LaShawn McCoy comes to mind over the past couple of years. I think there was a game where he just wanted some revenge and wanted to play. I think it was against the Eagles and he suffered a setback and it, and it hurt him later on down the road. I think Jacksonville did the right thing. I think the Chargers did the right thing with Melvin Gordon, not playing him yeah. against Tennessee and having that bye week. Now he looks healthy. So I think they went about it the right way. If he's healthy the rest of the way, we're looking at a guy who's going to come top five and touches the rest of the way because they're going to continue to use him. They can't have Blake Bortles throwing the ball 30, 40 times a game. They got to go back to how they had success last year. You look at the matchups, and for Fournette, a really strong game against Pittsburgh last year in the playoffs. You've got Buffalo on the schedule here. They've allowed, I think, the second, third most rushing touchdowns. You got the Colts, who you can run on. Tennessee's a tough matchup. Washington, you can get by. And then if you if you're fortunate enough to have Leonard Fournette week 16 in the championship, Miami is is a prime time matchup for him. We saw Aaron Jones uh, break out. So I'd say he's back because he, he did look healthy and he touched the ball 29 times, and and Hyde was not a factor. But again, like if I was a Fournette owner and I could flip him for someone, I would I would consider it because he is a risk. He's one of the riskiest players in football. No doubt about it. Uh, another risk is playing a wide receiver in a Jacksonville uniform. Uh, <laughs> you have you have you have Moncrief, you have Dee Westbrook, and you have Shark. And Dee gets the volume. Moncrief seems to get the big play, and Shark, you're just waiting for that week. If you had to pick just one, the rest of the way, which one would you be going with? Yeah, that's that's a real good question. So Moncrief was on the he was he was part of the DFS um, podcast with the footballers last week. My Mike Wright and myself. Now he didn't get the volume. It was DD. We got that one lucky play, that eighty yard touchdown. But he's the guy I think I would roll out in standard formats. He leads the team in air yards. And if you look over the past four weeks. Um, he, he's the guy that's, he leads the way in targets. He leads the way in yards. Look at the last four weeks. I mean, he's got over 228 yards. Nobody else has over a hundred in on that team besides TJ Yeldon. So he, he's that, he's that big play threat, which you alluded to. He's the guy I would roll out in standard formats. 
And over the past four weeks, like 76 yards, then he has the game he doesn't show up against Dallas, 76 yards, 54, okay, 98. So he's got at least 76 yards in four of his last six games. Like there's a little bit of consistency there with him, but in PPR formats, Maybe you lean D.D. Westbrook, right? Because he had the 10 targets. He's got another game with double-digit targets. He, he's he's explosive after the catch, playing in the slot a little bit. So there, there is some safety when you're looking at slot guys. But I think I'd lean Moncrief if I had the choice, um, just because there's been a little bit more consistency in his game. 100% agree. You're right, though. It's too. tough. You're playing a risky game with all those guys. Yeah, and, and most of them are on your waiver wires. That's why I wanted to bring You're it right. up. It's like, you know, we've already talked about a handful of guys, you know, that we're kind of worried about mm. at the receiver position. And you got these guys. Moncrief keeps producing, like you said, but there's a couple duds in there. And then you got Westbrook with the volume, and we saw what he did toward the end of last year, and we thought when the injuries happened this year, this would be his role. It really hasn't been consistent. So it's kind of like, what do you do? But And uh, who did everyone like at the start of the year? Keelan Cole. Where is he? He's, yeah. he's gone, right? He's, yeah. he's, you Invisible. can't, you can't roster him. He's, he's been, yeah, it's, I think it's like seven fewer fantasy points in almost every, like, but two games, right? In PPR format. So you, you can't roster him. You can't feel yep. great about him. And I thought DJ Chark was starting to trend up a little bit too. And then he only gets mm-hmm. two targets and zero catches last week. So it's a, it's definitely a risky game. That's what you get when you trust Blake Bortles. Um, <laughs> let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. Jack Doyle is back. You know, two weeks ago he returned and he looked outstanding. They had a bye week. We come back. And Eric Ebron, and I want to clarify to people, he basically had three touches and got three touchdowns. So let that sink in just real quick. Like that's literally, that's called hitting the nuts. He did it. Um, Jack Doyle to me still the guy. If you had to pick one, though, what are you doing there? Because, you know, DFS-wise, I think a lot of people like Doyle Cheap last week and like an Indianapolis stack, and then here comes Eric Ebron. I love Doyle last week. Yeah, burned for sure. Because if you look at just the four games, I mean, if you don't even count last week, you look at the first three games, it was I think it was Doyle 22 targets and Ebron 11. And the snap counts were just heavily in favor of Jack Doyle. There, I think – Eight was like eighty one percent for Doyle and like twenty for for Ebron. I think I still like Doyle. He's the, he's the guy that's running most routes when he's on the field. He's the guy that is getting the targets from Andrew Luck. Last week was you know pretty disappointing. Uh, and this is a really tough matchup against Tennessee. I don't think they've allowed a touchdown to a tight end all year and only allowing five fantasy points per game to tight end. So it, this is a tough one. But at the same time, we know about Frank Wright in his days in Philadelphia loves to utilize his tight ends uh, and and for Andrew Luck he's using them all Eric Ebron he's a red zone threat and he's top 10 in red zone targets and he's he's getting his, all of his catches basically have been inside Crazy. the red zone it's nuts to me I still lean Doyle I think I, I'd rather have the volume and the guy who's playing more um, but if you are an Ebron owner I mean, nine touchdowns it's it's hard to ignore even if he is only getting three or four targets I think maybe you could get by with playing him in a standard league, but if if I'm the one to pick, you know, maybe in a deeper format as well. But if I'm picking one or the other, it's Jack Doyle. But man, Ebron is—he's um, been impressive so far this year. He's—he's he's getting those looks. When I watch the Colts play and they get in the red zone, Luck's looking his way almost every single time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and I agree, Jack Doyle. That's why I wanted to talk about it. He's the guy. He still is the guy there. You got to go with Doyle in the situation, but. 
at the same time, like you said, if you own Eric Ebron, you got to play him. The tight end position is such a cesspool. It is oh, just man. disgusting. And if you got a guy that's, you know, most tight ends are only getting a couple targets a game right. in this league. So if you got a guy getting his targets in the red zone, then you, you got to roll the dice. It's just, you know, when you're playing DFS, like you and I like to do, you almost got to go Doyle unless you're just going for the ultimate GPP punt because Ebron's still too expensive. But that's another story for another day. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's an interesting situation. And that Colts offense, you know, uh, with Luck not getting sacked, I think, in three or four straight games now, uh, he's looking actually really good. I thought, you know, early in the year, I thought there was no chance. And then he's looked a lot better. They're going to keep moving the football. And the, the running game, you know, Mac had his weeks. So he hasn't done much in the last couple. So I think both could be – very much in play. That's why I kind of wanted to, to bring this one up to you. Yeah, you, you're right about Luck. I, he is. Uh, he, he's been really impressive so over the, so far this year. And I mean, all the questions that you had about his shoulders injury could be squashed. I mean, he's second in the league in touchdowns. The defense is not good, so he's going to continue to throw the ball. There was a point where he was leading the league in, in passing attempts, and um, you know he's still going to throw the ball thirty. 30 plus times every single week. So uh, you're right. I mean, you can get by with Ebron. It's if you're going to play him in DFS, you, you make sure you do in tournaments. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, David Johnson is a guy that some people gambled on early in drafts. Some, some gambled on really early in drafts, um, but it was sketchy. We got Byron left, which of all people saved the day <laughs> as David Johnson's looked really good the last couple of weeks. And, I know I'm back in on this one because I took him in one league and like picked two or three. What are your thoughts on David Johnson going forward? Yeah, love it. I'm with you, man. Uh, if you have David Johnson, you're like, yes, finally. Like this is this is it because everybody, not just the fantasy community, just NFL fans in general were complaining about McCoy in this offense and how it was run and David Johnson wasn't utilized properly. He was touching the ball anywhere from 10 to 14 times. And if you go look back at 2016, this is a guy who was touching the ball consistently 20 times a game. He was a factor in the passing game. He was he was catching balls out of the backfield. And, and so far in these two weeks, yeah, who would have thought, right? Byron Leftwich mm-hmm. saves the day. And all of a sudden, we're looking at a guy who's lining up in the slot, who's lining up out wide, and, and somebody that has 11 catches in his last two games and, and 13 targets in his last few games and last week found the end zone on the ground and through the air 85 yards through the air 98 yards on the ground that is the david johnson yeah. that we wanted we drafted and we love right so yep, the offense definitely. is still uh it's the offense obviously is still pretty shaky but if you look at David Johnson's schedule going forward, I mean, this is another primetime matchup against Oakland, who's completely checked out and who's struggled against running backs. And, and then you have the Chargers, who you expect, you know, Arizona's going to be down in that game. Maybe a few more passing uh, options for David Johnson. Same thing against Green Bay. And then again, the schedule gets even more juicier come fantasy football playoff time. Detroit, nobody's given up more rushing yards than the Lions. And then you have Atlanta, nobody's given up more catches to running backs than the Falcons. So going forward, David Johnson is a for sure, for sure top 10 running back. And I feel really good about him uh, just in this new offense, utilizing him a lot more. And and Larry Fitz was a little bit of a downgrade, but I think you can feel a little bit better about Larry Fitz Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. That's what I was going to say. It's, it's pretty funny because, A, I didn't even know Byron Leftwich was coaching in the NFL until that change <laughs> took place. Who? Why would you, right? Yeah. I, I, I thought he was, you know, getting carried by his linemen somewhere on a beach or something. That's all <laughs> I I had no clue he was around the NFL still. But uh, you mentioned Fitz. It's pretty crazy when, you know, you play other sports, a lot of baseball and stuff. And when you're playing fantasy late in the season, you get all these call ups and whatever. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get these guys to help me come on home. Well, the Cardinals kind of feel like that team because they're 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 not a good football team. But you got David Johnson, who's going to be a stud now. You got Fitzgerald, who got double digit targets this last week, and they're definitely making a point to make him more 
vocal in the offense. And you've got a guy like Ricky Seals-Jones, who's not great, yes. but when it comes, again, to a bad position, he's getting a, like five or more targets in almost every game. Like, there's not much more you can ask for. This is going to be one of those teams we can look back in the playoff run here for fantasy football that might actually have some major impacts on some teams You know, three or four weeks ago you would have thought there's not a chance. Yeah, you're right. Good call on Ricky Seals-Jones, by the way. He kind of just slipped my mind. Uh, I'm very intrigued with him. He's he's one of the guys I wrote about in Fantrax. Fantrax HQ is just maybe a pickup. I know there's a few teams on, six teams on by. Maybe you're not rostering a lot of the, the tight ends there. Gronk has been uh, very frustrating. Uh, maybe you have Kittle, maybe you had Njoku. Like, you could go to Ricky Seals-Jones this week. You're right. Nine targets, five catches last week. And you know what? Their defense puts them in pretty good spots. Like, their offense is not great. It's funny. There's a couple teams, like we mentioned Tennessee, Buffalo is another one in Arizona. These teams are struggling offensively, but defensively, they've been pretty good. And and Arizona can put their offense in in some pretty good spots. So uh, I can get by with with all three of these guys, you know, being you know a decent part of a championship run in fantasy, which is you know crazy. I wouldn't have said that three four weeks ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. But uh, let's move on. I was going to ask about the Bills or Jets, but let's just pass them because who really cares? Um, the, an interesting one, you know, this might just be me trying to get goofy like, you know, GPP and the DFS, but Jaquiz Rogers in this Tampa Bay offense is beginning a ton of targets lately. And he's available everywhere. You mentioned six teams on by this week. I actually went and picked them up in a, in, a, in a deeper league today just out of desperation. Is this something like where do you think this is coming from in this offense? Well, they can't run the ball. Um, you're not alone, actually. And another shout out to fan tracks, but I, he was in my waiver wire piece, and you know, just try to dig deep in terms of of guys who who can help people out in, in deeper formats and PPR. And I don't know how deep you know your league is, but you can't ignore eight catches for 102 yards last week. And, and Tampa Bay hasn't had much of a run game all season. They continue to play from behind. Actually, they lead the league in yards per game and passing yards yeah. per game, which is it's crazy to think about. But it's partly because their defense is so bad. And and it's not going to get any better going forward. So you look at a guy like Jacriz and you can't ignore the volume that he's had in the passing game. So he's one of those guys that you need to think about and not in the terms of maybe Theo Riddick and um, Duke Johnson, who we're talking about. But this is somebody who's going to be involved in this in the game moving forward. And listen, you go back to what was it last year when he, he had something like 16 for 83. I'm looking yep. at his right. He's had some some OK games when given the opportunity. I don't think he's yep. a top tier running back. He's not a top 20, but he's somebody in a 16 team, a 14 team PPR format. Six teams on by another probably game where they're going to have to play from behind this week. Uh, it is the Giants, after all. Maybe they'll be in this game, but he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get some work in the passing game, right? Barber's not Barber's not he hasn't been good, and and Ronald Jones is not around, so yeah, and he's garbage. So um, that's a good call by you. It's 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 good to bring him up, and he's somebody that's kind of hanging around there, and you can play him in a in a, in a flex spot. Definitely. Uh, let's talk about another rookie running back because Ronald Jones didn't work out, but this one might. He goes for 100 yards finally this past week. And we get to see him on Thursday night. But then again, Chris Carson wasn't playing. He's supposed to be playing. You got Mike Davis, basically a crowded backfield. You already mentioned Seattle is running it a ton this year. Rashad Penny, this guy is very, very good. We know this. And Pete Carroll comes out and says he's he, he's a volume back. He needs the carries. But, again, crowded. How do we look at Rashad Penny right now? 
Yeah, this is a tough one because, I mean, only the Rams have ran more than Seattle. Uh, so Seattle wants to run the football. They've been pretty good running the football this this year. And, um, you know, Russell Wilson actually ran around uh, a little bit last week, which we hadn't seen so far this season. But the defense has been much better than I thought. And, you know, they're playing decent football so it's just tough with Pete Carroll you know you look at the Eagles and Doug Peterson and you know he wants to have a running back by committee and he's you know he's pretty vocal about that and he says listen he's going to use all his backs and then you hear Pete Carroll oh I'm, you know Chris Carson is a player we're going to give him the ball and then all of a sudden it's it's Mike Davis and then in the, in the one week where Carson didn't play they started off with Penny as the starter and then last week when I thought it would be all Davis now Davis had a pretty good game and he caught the balls out of the backfield it was a lot of Penny and you mentioned his first rushing touchdown over 100 yards I think Penny has the most upside in this offense you'd be silly not to think that they spent a high pick on him you know let's use him let's let's see what you have with with Penny so it's just so crowded man it's just really tough I think People should have all three of these guys like on their rosters, like it, because the fact that Seattle want, wants to run the football. But I, I just can't see him, like even the, even this week on a short week. Like if Chris Carson's there and Davis is there, and Penny's there, like how many touches is Penny really going to get? Is he going to get twenty? Probably not. But if he starts the game strong, Pete Carroll's a guy who will lean on someone like that. Like if he starts Thursday night against the Packers and he has a couple good carries early on in that game, then we could see, okay, it looks like, you know, he'll get 10 to 15 carries in this, in this backfield. But I think Davis is still has, still has a role. He's still going to catch the ball and he's going to play on third downs. And Carson looked really good when he was healthy and playing. So it's, it's tough, man. You're, we're at least, you know, we're talking about Jacksonville, all their wide receivers, at least like these guys are showing us something, but I think the most upside is, is with Penny. I just, I just have a hard time, especially this week. I I have a hard time starting him, uh, but I definitely roster him. He he should be picked up because he's been dropped, man. He's been dropped and forgotten about. He's everywhere right now. So that's why I, I, I put in bids. I don't know if I'm going to get him. I put in bids and um, yeah, it it is different with the running backs compared to those receivers. At least the receivers, are going to be running routes most of the time. The running backs might not be there. So let's talk about another receiver in L.A., Cooper Cup, tears his ACL. That was a travesty. Uh But uh, he already missed a few games this year with an injury. He has a large percent of the workload. I love their offense, the way they can share it with three receivers very well. Josh Reynolds was the man that got the job, didn't really perform to it except one of the games. How do we look at Josh Reynolds going forward? we, We have to assume it's his job again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the one game he was, you know, he was really good. I think he found the end zone twice. Was I think Cooper Cup played in that one, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, you want you want Reynolds because this offense is so legit. They have so many weapons. There, there's you know, there's a chance. Maybe we're looking into it. Maybe I'm looking into it too much. But there's a chance where you know once. They get by KC, then they have the bye, and then you know maybe maybe there's a, a meaningful game against the Eagles. Potentially not. Maybe it's more so against Chicago. You know, you get into Week 15, 16, 17, 17. You're not playing fantasy football playoffs. Hopefully, you're, you're just, that league doesn't mean anything to you. But there's a chance where they kind of scale back some guys and they see what they have with Reynolds moving forward. Maybe he gets a little bit more uh, volume, more passing uh, attempts in the in the game because the Rams pretty much locked up that division with that w- win last week against Seattle. But I, I would have Reynolds. He's one of the hot pickups of the week. When you know when you're going to score 30 points a game in this offense. Um, you got to play him, so uh, and you got to pick him up. I don't. He's not in that wide receiver three conversation for me. 
He's he's more of a, a deep league play, and you know I picked him up in a couple spots uh, this week. I'm probably not going to play him in in those spots, but if you're in a tough situation, why not? It's the highest total we've seen so far of the season, sixty three and a half against KC, who've struggled in their secondary. So I wouldn't shock me if he if he put up some points. So uh, I think it's a great add, and and you'd be silly not to pick him up because, like I said, this offense is just amazing. Yeah, yeah, and he's a much better option to me than guys like John Ross and others that oh for people, sure people are going people are going out for so absolutely totally agree. Um, let's talk about my crappy Dolphins. Um, Kenyon Drake had two good weeks. Then Adam Gase forgot who he was again and thought you know a forty five year old Frank Gore was a good idea. Um, it, it sounds crazy as we've talked about a couple guys that have struggled this year, but is Kenyon Drake droppable at this point? You know, he might be, he, he, he might be. And it's, this isn't on him. It's not, it's, no. you're right. It's on Gase. And even last year, man, I go back and I look at, you know, when they traded Jai and it really, he kind of really started with who Damian Williams. Like he, he, he like it was Williams who was getting yeah. the, the, he was getting the starts. He was getting the touches right away, the carries. And then it took an injury from him for them to turn to Drake and see the talent that he had. And then they bring in Gore, and you know Gore is not going to go anywhere. He's getting the bulk of the carries and the and the, and the touches and then some of the red zone opportunities. So it's very very frustrating. And I, I just know I was disappointed in in just the usage from Kenyon Drake last week because um, you know an old colleague of mine is also a Dolphins fan, Gary and Thorne, and he he dives deep into Miami as well. And we were we were just looking at some of the games where Kenyon Drake has been good. And it's kind of been those games where they've been down, right? Against Cincinnati, yeah. they were down, and he had 11 targets and seven catches. They they were down in a game against Detroit. He had eight targets, four catches. And I thought, okay, game script will probably favor him this week against Green Bay. He had two targets and two catches for 11 yards, and he had eight attempts. And he's only had double-digit carries in four games, and two of them have been the first two games of the season. So, yeah, if, if there's there's probably some better options maybe out there for you if you're in a PPR format. We talked – Duke is probably not available. We talked about Theoretic this week. Um, you know, I don't know if you, – you definitely wouldn't drop him for, for Rodgers, but uh, Penny, like you're looking at upside here, an opportunity, and it's just – it's not there right now. There's enough of a sample size to know that Gase – wants to play Gore and, and feels comfortable with Gore and trusts Frank Gore, which is, it's, it's completely disappointing, but yeah. in a 10 team league definitely can't start Kenyon Drake. Yep. It's pretty bad. And let's talk about a different running back that maybe you could add him for Josh Adams, rookie out of the Philadelphia Eagles. And he kind of got the job last week. He, at least he led the team in touches out of the backfield. Uh, people in Philadelphia, Eagles fans, I believe you're an Eagles fan. Mm. Um, they, 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 they are really high on Adams. What's your thoughts on him? Because he's available a lot of places this week, unless he already got sniped up. Yeah, he is available. Uh, he's somebody that I wrote about uh, a couple weeks ago as, as a potential pickup. And I know, you know, you look at last week and you and you think, okay, disappointing. But he did lead the Eagles with seven carries and 47 rushing yards. And that's not going to blow anybody away. Um, but at least he was on the field. And Doug Peterson has said, he deserves more touches. We got to give him the ball. Listen, I, as much as we joke about Doug Peterson and his running back by committees, I think still to this day in his coaching career with Philadelphia, um, you know, only one running back has had the ball at least twenty times, and it, it's not blunt. You got to go um, all the way back to um, the running back is actually slipping my mind from from the Chargers when when they brought him over Matthews. He's the only guy. Right, I Jordan mean, Matthews. yeah, he's the he's the only guy out of that backfield that has had the ball twenty plus times. He likes to use everyone. Last last in the Super Bowl is 
you look at the Super Bowl. It was all it was yes. Blunt, it was Ajayi, and it was Clement. Now Clement has taken a back seat. Wendell Smallwood has taken a back seat. These are the guys who are getting targets out of the backfield. These are the guys who I do expect to get into the game and play in a third down role. I like Adams moving forward to get the maybe the bulk of the carries. The offensive line of Philly is not good right now. Lane Johnson is is not healthy. And then this week they go up against the Saints who have allowed the fewest rushing yards per game. And you expect New Orleans. I do. I especially expect them to be able to score some points this week. So maybe that puts Adams in a bad spot. Like maybe he won't be able to touch the field this week and, and get those carries. I know they want to establish a run. They need to establish a run to get this offense going. But if there's no Lane Johnson and there's no secondary basically right now, and they're, they're really hurting lost Ronald Darby for the year. Jalen Mills hasn't been good and isn't healthy. Sidney Jones is, has not been good. There's a lot of holes in that secondary right now. So this could be a Clement and Smallwood game and it will just frustrate everybody who picked up Adams and rolled him out there. But I do think going forward, they're going to want to give Adams a, a few touches. I think he should be picked up. Uh, I just, I'm just not completely sold uh, on this week that the game script favors him, but he runs hard, man. He's, he's physical. I, I think he, he has, you know, he runs between the tackles and he can run over guys. I think he has probably the most upside in this offense. So definitely pick him up and keep an eye on him going forward. I like it. Okay, we'll kind of transition from the week 10 to week 11 since the Ravens had a bye week last week. But the buzz in Baltimore is Joe Flacco might miss this week, even though yesterday they came out and said, Joe doesn't need to practice all week. He can still play on Sunday just to kind of you know <laughs> mess with us fantasy owners out there. But everyone wants it to be, as the kids say, Lamar Jackson season. Um, <laughs> I like we, that. We, know how, we know how dynamic he can be out there. Uh, he was already picked up everywhere last week when there's a buzz of an injury. If it is Lamar Jackson time, what's your thoughts on Lamar Jackson and the Ravens? Yeah, I mean, I think it should be time. I, I really do. I, I watch Baltimore and I see, you know, Flacco just can't extend the plays. Now, Lamar Jackson is like any rookie, and a lot of the rookie quarterbacks this year have been very inaccurate. They've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, but for, for Lamar Jackson and just the fact that he can extend plays, like I, I'm, I'm seeing a Baltimore team over the past couple of weeks where Flacco has taken some hits. And he hasn't been able to to run around. And Lamar Jackson can certainly do that. He can extend the plays. It, it makes me feel a little bit better if you know if he's in the game. And I see, you know, John Brown. Obviously, he's that deep threat, and he's been pretty invisible over the past couple of weeks too. So, I think you're rolling the dice just slightly if he does play and you're starting him. But again, there's there's six teams on by here, um, and you know maybe maybe you need to replace Brady, right? I mean, maybe you just. You, we don't know. There's you could be in a in a deep league where you a two quarterback league. You can play definitely play Lamar Jackson in a two quarterback league. He can maybe do enough for you on the ground with his legs. And this is a really good matchup too. I'm looking Cincinnati, 454 yards allowed per game, most in the league. 313 passing yards allowed per game, most in the league. And they've allowed the second most rushing yards per game in the league. And they've allowed the second most points per game in the league. So this is actually not a bad spot for Lamar Jackson to come in and and do some damage. He's got three wide receivers who can play. I think Willie Sneed is pretty underrated. He can catch and obviously got Michael Crabtree in there. So, yeah, I'd like to see them turn the page and go with Lamar Jackson, but I think maybe Harbaugh is is a little skeptical and you know doesn't want to lose his job and 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 feels like potentially they have a better chance with Flacco. But I think if Lamar Jackson plays, we're looking at a, a solid QB two or like in super flex leagues. I like it. I like it. Let's talk a little week eleven here. Um, just kind of, we'll do some quick hitting here from you. Who's your top? Give me one of your top sleeper or streamable type quarterbacks for the week. 
Um, you know, it could be Dak. Uh, I, would, I would have a tough time, you know, playing him in, in DFS, certainly in cash uh, in tournaments. I am intrigued with Mariota, uh, just kind of, you know, looking at the DFS prices this week. So I haven't really um, dove deep into it just yet. But uh, Mariota, I've noticed, is pretty cheap. And, and Dak Prescott is is very cheap at, at, at $5,200 on DraftKings. Now, what I've noticed from Dak, obviously, he gives a little bit of a floor there with his rushing ability. Now, he ran one in last week, but he only had the nine yards. And But he does have three rushing touchdowns in his last four games. And Amar- you know what? Is We joke a lot about Amari Cooper. Maybe Maybe you don't. But a lot of people do, and he give up the first round pick for him. And and wow, you, we kind of make fun of the Dallas Cowboys. But this is exactly what they needed. They needed yep. a guy who can stretch the field because when you don't have Amari Cooper, you're just stacking the box on Zeke. And you're go ahead, try to beat me, Dak, with with your arm. And he still makes some very inconsistent throws. He should have had Amari Cooper twice last week against the Eagles. This should have been a couple touchdowns from Amari. Um, but this is a really good matchup, just like the Bengals. The Falcons have struggled in the secondary. So I think Dak is, is a sneaky play this week, and I think he could utilize um, Amari Cooper. And, and Zeke is Zeke looked strong last week, and Atlanta can't stop the run either. And Zeke can catch a few balls in the backfield. So I think Dak could do enough to return value for you, and you need him. I think he's you could start him. And even in a 12-team league, I think you can start him. Sounds like we're stacking Dallas this week. Um, yikes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yikes. But um, let's talk another couple positions here. And this doesn't have to be a value or anything like that, but who's one of your top running back options for the week? I think it's David Johnson. I think we we touched on him earlier. I I think you know we we like what we've seen from him over the past couple of weeks with that change in offensive coordinator, and uh, I just I really like the matchup against Oakland. I I think I mentioned they give up the most rushing yards. It's actually the third most, but they they have just they've checked out, man. They've completely checked out. This is this is a winnable game for Arizona. This is a game where they can touch you know give the ball to DJ twenty plus times. So I feel really strong about him this week. I love that he's up to seventy five hundred on DraftKings, and people kind of. Might still frown at that because they wouldn't. They don't want to play when he's like sixty three hundred. So let's see how right. seventy five works. Um, wide receiver position. Who you like him there? Oh, it's gonna be hard not to to roll out any of those Saints uh, because yeah. you know they're they're just they're really expensive. But again, the the struggles in that Philadelphia secondary, um, it, it's it's not good. It's it's real likes yikes. But at the same time. I can go the other way, maybe an Alshon Jeffrey. Maybe people are down on Al- Alshon because of the the poor week last week. You know, a lot of buzz with Golden Tate. Maybe we don't like Alshon as much. Listen, Golden Tate, he's the third option in that offense. He's he's never going to get more targets than Zach Ertz, and I don't think he's going to get more targets than Alshon Jeffrey. And Philadelphia is going to have to play from behind. And the Saints have given up the most fantasy points per game to to wide receivers. So I think you're going to see Carson Wentz throw the ball. And we we mentioned Adams. Just can't run, man. They can't run right now, and the Saints—they're really strong against the run. So I think Alshon is is a sneaky play as somebody who's going to, you know, maybe get double-digit targets, and it's going to be no choice. They're going to have to throw him the ball. And then again, Amari—I think Amari at fifty-four hundred dollars is is a decent play. Not bad at all. It was one of your streamable defenses this week. Uh, streamable defense. I, I grabbed, uh, Pittsburgh in a couple spots. Uh, they, they were dropped, um, you know, in, in quite a few spots. So Pittsburgh, I, I like, you can roll them out against Jacksonville. I think the chargers, I don't know if they're around against Denver. Um, Baltimore has been dropped. They, their defense looked pretty bad over the past couple weeks. Uh, I think it's, it's I, again, I'm not, I'm not in on the Cincinnati offense. So the Ravens, and then one that's definitely, I think available is Arizona. Arizona against Oakland. I mentioned they just they've just checked it. Like Derek Carr, my goodness, he's just he's just 
I think too much has happened. He can't think straight. He, he throws the ball on the ground on the fourth down and there's, there's just no weapons there. And, and so Arizona, like I said, their defense has been pretty solid this year. Yeah. I like that call a lot. Uh, yeah. It opens bad. That's the best way you can put it. Oh man. Um, we kind of mentioned some free agent pickups here and there along the way. Are there any, are there any other pickups or should we just say this? Go to Fantrax HQ and check it out. <laughs> yeah, Fantrax HQ has has got a couple uh, in there. I mean, you you have actually hit on a lot of them, man. Uh, Josh Adams, Theo Riddick, Jaquiz, uh, Elijah McGuire is turning up. I know they're on a bye this week, but somebody, if you're looking uh, ahead to the future, needs some running back help. Uh, certainly in PPR formats, he gets a bit of a boost. I'm still kind of in on Maurice Harris. Just, I know it was a down week for him. I don't know if Jamison Crowder is going to play this, this, this season. I just, I don't know. I think they're awaiting uh, some MRI results. He still led the team in, in catches and yards. There's not a lot going on there in, in Washington right now. Um, that's about it, man. Like it, tight ends, you mentioned Ricky Seals Jones. Like you, you're definitely um, all over the waiver wire pickups this 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 week, man. I haven't even read the article yet. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, two more questions. Who do you, if you had to pick ones? It seems like in the NFL there's always one. Who's your biggest upset of the week? Oh, wow. It's a good call. Um, let me just look through schedule here just slightly. Um, well, it's definitely not going to be Philadelphia. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the Bears are favored by three and a half. I mean, they opened up as three and a half favorites. I don't know if that's like a huge upset, but certainly Minnesota can go in there and win that football game. Um, absolutely. Their defense is playing a little bit better. Get Griffin back. Uh, he's he's obviously helps that defense. We saw over the past couple weeks. I mean, they had ten sacks. So um, that I guess would be my upset. It's not it's not a huge one. I can't lean on Jacksonville, man. I've I've no, you know what I no. I give them I've given them the benefit of the doubt over the past few weeks. Like this is the week they turn it up. They play good. Um, I was in on them to to keep it close against Kansas City. That was a huge mistake last week. I thought that they should have beat the Colts. At least I thought they were going to. Now they had a fumble at the end. Maybe they could have, but. Um, I, I can't feel great about them. Like they were a team I thought could really contend for a Super Bowl, but it's just I—they're not going to be able to keep up with Pittsburgh. So I think like that one upset, it's and it's not a huge one. Um, would be Minnesota. I don't—I'm not giving the Eagles any chance this week. Last question: Do we see at least sixty-four or more points Monday night? Oh man. I think yes. I mean, yeah. it's, it's we, hard. We hope so. We <laughs> yes, hope so. Do we ever, man? Uh, really looking forward to this this matchup. You're looking at two of the three highest scoring teams in the NFL. Two running backs who are awesome. Two offenses that are just so legit. So I, I think you, I think we do. Maybe we wouldn't have if they were playing that game in Mexico on that crappy field. Yeah. But that game's going to move over to uh, to LA. So I, I mean, I yeah, this is this is the highest total I've seen in a long, long time. And I think this is only the fourth time in NFL history where this late in the season we're looking at a team with just one loss. Or you know, that's that, that doesn't happen very often. So this is going to be. Uh, a really good game, I think, and and some scoring. Now, if it's a fourteen seven game, we're all disappointed. Um, but I, I'm not counting on that, man. I'm counting on I'm counting on this game to to flirt with the over in the yeah. third quarter. I can't wait for the showdown slate on Monday night. It's gonna be absolutely amazing. Um, but with that being said, Chris, that'll wrap us up this week. Everybody, go check him out on Twitter at Chris Meany. And like you said earlier, you can find him at Fantrex HQ. You can find him at the Athletic. He's at All in Sports. He's with the fantasy footballers doing DFS. He is everywhere, and he's doing all the sports, NHL, basketball, football, baseball, you name it. He pretty much does it. Um, any final thoughts, Chris? 
And not really, man. Just a pleasure talking to you. Let's do this again, man. I'd love to be able to have you on on my show. Um, you know, I've always kind of wanted to work with you, and um, I'm glad this has finally uh, worked out. Uh, you know, I respect your work, so thanks for having me, man. I appreciate that. The feeling is very mutual on that. We will definitely do this again sometime. Um, baseball's more my thing. I love my football, so that's why I bring it on here. But I, I know you do baseball as well, so we will definitely chat there and maybe some more football. But we will definitely do this again. But everybody, again, go check him out on Twitter at Chris Meany for some reason if you're following me and not him. Again, no idea. But uh, <laughs> Before we get out of here, you yeah. know you're such a big baseball guy. I'm doing a best ball draft right now. It's a slow best ball on fan tracks. So you can still do them uh, right now. Um, you know, it's a little early. I saw Vlad Guerrero. Now, I'm a big Vlad Guerrero. Like, I'm, I'm a Vlad. Like, I'm just an Expos fan through and throughout when I grew up. So I, I, I'm an Angels guy, and it's only because yeah. of Guerrero when he went over there. Like, how early do you take this? I saw him going the third round in in this was, in this draft. Like, I want him so bad. He looks so legit, but man, third yeah. round's a little high for me. I was literally doing comps. I was looking at Stephen projections on fan graphs yesterday, and I'm looking at guys comp together. And and Vlad, he leads project their whole projections in batting average next season over <laughs> the entire Major League Baseball. Um, this wow. guy is legit. If he if he comes up after the I believe it's like the 17th of April. If he comes up on time, this guy's good. Like, yeah. it's good. I think Clay Link of Rotowire um, in their NFBC draft at first pitch Arizona, I want to say he took him late second, early third round. Okay. Okay. And it's a draft and hold as well. It's one of those, if you want him, you're going to have to be more aggressive. You that's are. Just the, that's the only way it's going to happen. You can't sit back hoping you get him where you're supposed to go because you'll never get him. No, you so, it's, it's He's tough. legit. Yep. He's legit. He's got a lot of power. You got to love the fact where he plays, where he's going to play his home games and inside that division too. I mean, he's going to eat on, on teams like Baltimore and that pitching staff. And you're going to make, you know, trips to, to Camden, Yankee well, Stadium, all the Fenway. The ball flies out of. Oh, so he's exactly. going to love the ball. Yeah, I agree with uh, you. I mean, if you want him, you got to go and get him. I'd say I'd like to wait till the third round, but it's going to be interesting. And you know how draft helium is going to go from now till March. It's going to get wild. Oh, uh, you yeah. saw what happened with Acuna last year. Heck, right. I've seen Acuna's going in the first round right now. So yeah, I well, I took him in the second. I mean, he was my he was my second pick. I think I was I think I picked fifth overall, and I got Jose Ramirez. But um, yeah, for I mean, there's there's a lot to like with the young blood right now in baseball. That's for sure. Well, I can talk baseball, so I know I have another question for you. Um, you. You mentioned the Montreal Expos, and I think it's – and I know you've got to agree with this. I think it's a travesty you guys don't have a team there. I think that's just it's, – it's ridiculous. But I know there's actually, like, movements towards maybe this happening soon. What's going on? What have you heard? Yeah, there there are, and they need a, they need a new ballpark. That's for sure, and they need a buyer. There's some there's some talk with Bell. I know Rogers owns the Blue Jays up here, and I don't know how familiar your listeners are with um, you know North Border, but um, certainly they need a buyer. Maybe Bell steps in and buys them. They want to build a ballpark down by the water. Uh, which would be a good spot for them, and it, it would be nice <laughs> because the big O right now is it's obviously not good enough to you know the roof is caving in and they it's just not good enough. They need to start with the ballpark. You know, the, Major League Baseball seems to want to have them back as well. I mean, '94 was extremely disappointing. The Blue Jays win back to back World Series, and then you're in August and you have such a huge lead on Atlanta, and you know. There's no doubt in my mind the Expos and the Yankees would have met up in that World Series, and no the Expos were it. just so legit with talent. And it's too bad, you know, following that team for for a long time since you know the mid '90s was 
all the talent, man, that they had come and, and it, it was gone right away. They just couldn't support it. I think some of the fans are still a little ticked off. I had the chance to meet Andre Dawson this, this past weekend uh, at the Sports Card Expo, and I, I asked him the same thing. And, you know, he he's heard rumblings um, about trying to get a team, and he, he feels strong about baseball wanting to get that team back because they yeah. do feel like they got screwed. And the fan base was a little ticked off in that. And I don't blame them because that was a really good season that they had. And then they stopped going to the ballpark. They stopped going because yep. because of what happened. So I think we could see it. It's going to be a long time from now. I know Gabe Morenci is a guy who's who's talked to some people in Montreal. And, and they do feel as well, like some investors feel like it's going to happen. But uh, maybe it's like a five to ten year thing later on down the road. And I think it would do well. I think there's still a strong fan base there in Montreal for it to happen. It, it would be exciting. Yeah, I hope I hope it happens. And uh, yeah, as you can tell, we could talk baseball for a while. So <laughs> let's uh, let's do this again sometime, Chris. So it'll be a lot Absolutely. of fun. Take care, man. All right, everybody. This was Bench with Bubba, episode one thirty, talking some fantasy football with Chris Meany. Catch you guys later.